Hello, fans, and welcome to episode number 24 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. I am the host and the director of broadcasting and communications with the Gladiators, Mike Folta. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're tuning in from. Don't be afraid to leave a review. Tell us how we're doing. Uh, we do appreciate that engagement for Team Info. Twitter and Instagram are two great places to look at, at first. That's at ATL Gladiators. And then, of course, you can find information online at AtlantaGladiators.com. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd. And today as our guest, we have on rookie forward Mitchell Holscher with us. We'll get to our interview with Holsch here in just a few minutes. But first, let's give you a bit of a rundown of where things are at with the Gladiators right now. Atlanta sits atop the South Division as we speak currently here on Tuesday. The Glads last week won three out of four games. They started out with a 3-2 to two comeback win on Tuesday. That was Education Day, a morning game against Orlando. The Glads went down 2 nothing. They scored three unanswered. Cameron Nault had the game-winning goal with about four minutes left in the third. Atlanta takes down the Solar Bears by a 3-2 to two final. Then on Friday, the Glads traveled down to Jacksonville to kick off a three-game series against the Icemen. Atlanta fell 4-1 to one on Friday. The Glads just got off to a slow start. Uh, Nault had the only goal for the Glads in that game. Joe Murdaka played really well in net. Jacksonville had an empty net goal, and then they scored a goal in the last second of regulation with Murdaka in net uh, to kind of make the final score look a little bit worse than it was. But the next night, Atlanta bounced back in a big way, a 4-3 to win on Saturday. Chris Nell made a season-high 41 saves, and the Glads kind of evened the score there against the Iceman. And then Atlanta took the... Weekend series with a 5-4 to four overtime win on Sunday in an absolutely crazy comeback. We'll talk about it here with Mitchell Holscher in just a bit when we get to our interview. But the Glads were down 4 nothing at one point in the second period. And then Atlanta rattled off five unanswered goals. Mike Turner had the overtime winner. And the Glads put some more space between themselves and the Icemen in the South Division standings. The Glads are trying to win the division for the first time since 2013. The last time that head coach Jeff Pyle won the division was all the way back in 2006. We've said it a few times now on this program. That was the year that the Gladiators made it all the way to the Kelly Cup Finals. They eventually lost to the Alaska Aces, a team that is not playing anymore. Derek Nesbitt was in his rookie season back in that 05-06 campaign. The Glads lead the division right now for the first time since October of 2016. So it's been a little bit since Atlanta has finished or even stayed for very long at the top of the division, and the Glads are rolling right now. Atlanta is three points ahead of Florida, who's back in second. They're five points ahead of Jacksonville in third place. It's kind of those top three teams, and then everybody else, Orlando and Greenville, are getting close to neck and neck for that fourth and final spot. The Swamp Rabbit's starting to creep up on the Solar Bears a little bit. But do keep in mind that the standings this season in the ECHL are dictated by points percentage, not necessarily points. So if everybody does play 72 games, then yes, we can look at points. But in the event that one team uh, has a game canceled for whatever reason, uh, that's why they have switched to points percentage here. Uh, so just something to keep in mind when you're looking at the hypotheticals of who needs to beat who for the sake of seeding in the South Division. A number of Gladiators are having career years here this season. Cody Sylvester, 55 points. That's a North American high 
for him. Uh, he had a, a few more when he played overseas in Germany, but over here in North America, Sly's having a great year. Tim Davison with a career high 39 points for him. His previous best was 30 with South Carolina. Then you have rookies like Gabe Gertler, Derek Topadich, who have come in and produced heavily in their first season. Mike Turner uh, is having himself a career year now, uh, especially with that overtime goal on Sunday. Cameron Kiley has put together a really strong campaign, his best so far as a pro hockey player. Hugo Wass having a career year himself. He's been red hot ever since coming down from the AHL and Belleville. So it has been a bunch of guys playing really well here for Atlanta. And the Glads are going to have some really stiff competition coming up. Only a handful of games left, most of them on the road and most of them against playoff teams down this final stretch of the regular season. Special teams have been a huge factor for Atlanta recently. The Gladiators penalty kill has been outstanding. Atlanta has only allowed three power play goals in their last 13 games. They are up to 83.3% on the penalty kill. That is sixth best in the entire ECHL. The power play has skyrocketed as far as productivity goes as well. Atlanta almost at 21% on the year on the power play. That is 12th best in the ECHL. Both the penalty kill and the power play were two things that for most of the season ranked near the bottom of the ECHL standings. But now the special teams has taken a big step here for the Gladiators who continue to also dominate five-on-five play. Let's get to some transactions here. The Gladiators last week released forward Matt Gomersik. Matt did a great job uh, here with the Gladiators in his uh, in his time in Atlanta, but uh, he just kind of is the odd man out when Ty- uh, Tyrell Goldburn was brought in. Goldburn was signed, played in basically one period uh, in that series against Jacksonville, got a little bit banged up. We didn't see him the rest of the game, and he has actually been recalled back up to Ottawa, and then Ottawa traded him right back over to the Stockton Heat. So Goldburn uh, no longer with the Gladiators, and then... Atlanta also adding another weapon up front that's going to be announced here uh, today. Peter Bates from St. Norbert's, a Division Three school, has been signed by the Gladiators. St. Norbert's lost in the quarterfinals of the Division Three uh, championship tournament this season. And Bates is one of the best players, if not the best player, at the Division Three level this season. He was the player of the year in his conference this season, the NCHA. And he also led all of Division Three with 58 points this season. He was he's been good for a while now. He was the his conference's player of the year back in 2020 as well. He led helped lead St. Norbert's to a national championship as a freshman back in 2018. And a very interesting connection with Mr. Bates, his assistant coach at St. Norbert's, none other than Andy Brandt, who played six seasons with the Gladiators. He is fifth all time in Gladiators points, assists, and he's fourth all-time in Gladiators goals. Brandt also is the head coach of Atlanta, uh, of the Gladiators from 2014 to 2017. So a strong connection there. Uh, No doubt that uh, Coach Brandt had something to do with Bates coming to Atlanta to make his professional debut. So we wrapped up the last week for you. Now let's look ahead to this weekend. The Gladiators will head out west to the hills, or the Black Hills in South Dakota and take on the Rapid City Rush, who are currently second in the Mountain Division behind Utah. They are led by Logan Nelson, 
and his 52 points. This is a very balanced Rapid City Rush team, though. They have four guys over 40 points already this season. If you remember a few weeks ago, the Gladiators traded Elijah Villio to Rapid City. Villio ended up being the future considerations for Cameron Kiley that Atlanta acquired from Rapid City earlier in the year. Villio's only appeared in three games with Rapid City so far this season. He does have two points, though, in those three games. He hasn't had a ton of ice time since going over there, but it will be interesting to see if uh, he does indeed play against his former team, the Gladiators. Rapid City has Lucas Parik in net. Uh, Parik has had a great season so far, a 920 save percentage. He is one of the best in the league. The Rush are a pretty balanced team offensively and defensively. They rank 12th in the ECHL, both in goals for and goals against as well. So they play a 200-foot game, and this will be a great test here for Atlanta to step outside of their division and head out west to take on a team in the Mountain Division, Rapid City, uh, who is right in the mix of a playoff race themselves. So those are three games coming up here, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Friday and Saturday games, are both 9.05 Eastern puck drops. And then the Sunday game will be a 6.05 Eastern puck drop. Uh, That's because those late times are because Rapid City is in the mountain time zone. And so they are two hours behind. And that means if you're watching on Mixler.com or FlowHockey.tv, you will have to stay up a little bit later for those games. So that's a quick look ahead. Now let's get to our Send segment where we give updates on the NHL and AHL affiliates of the Gladiators. We have the Ottawa Senators in the NHL and the Belleville Senators in the AHL. Uh, The Ottawa Senators have extended Anton Forsberg, a goaltender, to a three-year, $8.25 million extension. Forsberg's had uh, the best numbers of any goaltender so far this season with Belleville, and it looks, or excuse me, with Ottawa, and it looks like he's going to be sticking around a little bit longer. We just had the trade deadline come and go in the NHL, so lots of transactions. Ottawa traded forward Zach Sanford to Winnipeg for a fifth-round pick. Winnipeg takes all $2 million of Zach Sanford's cap hit. Uh, the Senators also acquired Michael McNiven from Calgary in exchange for future considerations. McNiven, a goaltender who's appeared in just one game with the Montreal Canadiens this year. He only played in one period And, uh, well, he let in quite a few goals, let in three goals in that first period. Uh, So he's only seen a little bit of NHL action. He will be with Belleville uh, down in the AHL. The Ottawa Senators also sent Josh Brown and a seventh rounder to the Boston Bruins in exchange for an AHL prospect, Zach Senishin, and uh, a fifth rounder as well. The Sens acquired Matthew Joseph from the Tampa Bay Lightning. They also got a 2024 fourth-round pick uh, from Tampa Bay in exchange for Nick Paul. And uh, also in that deal, Ottawa ended up retaining about half of Nick Paul's salary. So they ate the salary, but they get over Matthew Joseph, uh, who has won a cup with Tampa Bay, and they also get a fourth-rounder a few years from now from the Lightning. The Senators also acquired Travis Hamanick, from Vancouver in exchange for a third-round pick. So Ottawa has given a few guys away for draft picks. They have acquired a few guys in exchange for draft picks. They're well outside of the playoff picture right now in the Atlantic Division. The East 
is pretty much set, uh, so to speak. Some of the wild cards are still uh, up for grabs, but Belleville is quite a way out of the playoff picture. They do have the fifth most cap space in the NHL at just under $11 million available. Ottawa plays the Islanders of Long Island here tonight. And uh, that wraps up things on the NHL side. Looking at the AHL side and the B-Sens, Belleville is five games above 500 now, and they're only one point out of a playoff spot in the North Division. So thanks for the B-Sens are looking up. They've been at or slightly above 500 for most of the season, and now they've started to string some wins together. All right, now it's time to bring you our interview with Mitchell Holscher. Before we get to that, we want to thank our partner, Orthosport and Spine Physicians. Orthosport and Spine Physicians is now the official team doctor of the Gladiators, as well as the naming partner for the Glad's Home Ice. Orthosport and Spine Physicians specializes in providing state-of-the-art, minimally invasive treatments for complex neck and spine problems, as well as sports-related injuries and conditions. They also serve patients who travel to their office from other areas in the Southeast and throughout the country. Let them help you get back in the game. And now, Mitchell Holscher. And now we welcome on rookie forward for the Atlanta Gladiators, Mitchell Holscher. Mitch, uh, thanks for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Is it Mitch or Mitchell? Uh, it's Mitchell, but I think only my mother calls me Mitchell. When okay. She's mad at me. <laughs> um, well, you guys just finished up a, a road trip in Jacksonville. You were in Florida this past weekend. Uh, kind of a wild ending to that road trip. You guys score five unanswered, come back and win five four in uh, in overtime. What was the what was the message? What was the mood in the dressing room in those those intermissions? I mean, I think we learned a lot this weekend about our team and our character. Um, <laughs> Sunday, I don't think you could have made that up. Being down four, I mean, they scored. I think what was it seven seconds in the second period, and a lot of ups and downs. But I mean, there's a lot of character in that room and a lot of good. Uh, leadership from the older guys and I think that's kind of the just those voices to keep us going and I mean we, we came back and found a way to win does anybody have to like say anything in those instances is it kind of understood because you do have those older guys in there or is somebody like getting up and, and trying to trying to fire fire up the group I think it's just the younger guys really got to pay attention to the older guys and what they're saying because they've been there before um you can't get too far off track and you gotta really listen to them and just keep playing I mean I mean, hockey's hockey at the yeah. end of the day, right? So you can't get too frustrated or anything like that. So I think listening to Nezzy and guys like that, it definitely helps us a lot. You guys were down 3 nothing heading into the first intermission. And, uh, you know, okay, maybe time for a reset. And then, like you said, they score seven <laughs> seconds into the second period. And I'm up there in the broadcast booth thinking, okay, all right, let's warm up the bus. Like, like just get the heck out of here. And then you guys go off and, and score um, five unanswered. You have the primary assist. On the game-winning goal. When I was watching that real-time, I don't know if you've, you've seen the replay, yeah. I thought you had uh, Sangun Sheen right up the middle on a, on a pass. And, and I even said it on air. I was like, oh, Holst missed him. But then, you, shocker, you knew better than I did, and you go down and find turns for the for the, the game-winner. What were you seeing on that play? Well, I did actually see Shinner just kind of at the last second. And I in overtime, I think it's a puck possession game. And I didn't want to neutral zone. I was tired. I didn't want to maybe turn it over there. So I thought I'll try and get up in the play. And then... Turns made actually a really good play of beating, like kind of getting behind this guy, and I just had to lay it to an area, and that was it. So I did see Shinner, but I actually had him too uh, coming behind me when I did get in the zone. But I mean, I told him after, I was like, "Sorry, man. <laughs> like I saw you, but I just didn't know." But it worked out well, I guess. I, I wanted to ask about that too because Sangun Shin, you know, a guy who is still working on his English. He comes over from South Korea, and he's been kind of a 
uh, a lightning rod for the Gladiators, pr- provides a lot of offense. What's it been like playing with him, a guy who is accustomed to a bigger a bigger sheet, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a different style of play, and also there's a bit of a language barrier there too. Yeah, there is, but his English has been getting like, a lot better every day, I think, since I've been Better here. than some of the OHL guys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on air, but yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, he, uh, yeah, his English has gotten better since I've been here, like every day. Like today, for example, in practice, we were talking about a drill, and I was like, oh, Shinner, you're talking. <laughs> like, he was telling me what was going on. I was like, oh, really? Okay. Like, you're getting good at English. But yeah, no, on the ice, I'm really impressed with how he shoots and how, how quick he gets it off and how you know, fast he is off the rush and stuff. He's, he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. So you're a guy, an AHL caliber player. You've been up in the A. Right now you're down here uh, in the ECHL, but, but you've joined a team that's part of a you know, it's having a great run right now. The Gladiators have been winning. Uh, you've been with the team kind of off and on throughout the second half of the season here. That has to be exciting for you. I, you know, everybody wants to be up at the next level in the AHL, but you're, you're down here in the coast with a team that is just red hot. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be exciting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously everyone's goal is to play at the highest level they can, and that's my goal. But, you know, at sometimes, you know, if, you're, if I, I am up in Belleville, you know, I'm not playing as much as I'd like and things like that or, you know, whatever. So I think here I can develop a lot. I can play a lot of big minutes and we got a really good team and winning's fun. Learn how to win at a young age and try and keep that experience with me. I know this has kind of been a frustrating <laughs> season for you in a sense uh, because you've had to battle through uh, a, a couple of injuries, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it was the second game of the season. Uh, in Belleville, I blocked a shot. It was one of our own guys' shots, too. Oh, friendly fire. In the neutral zone, just like on a dumping. And uh, I fractured my tibial spine, my left one. And that was out for nine and a half weeks. And then... That guy, like, gets you a Rolex or something? Or? <laughs> he, got, he got called up to the NHL the next day, so... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it was Brandstrom. But, no, he, he... I mean, it was accidental. He apologized and said whatever. But it was part of the game. And then I uh, came down in Atlanta after nine weeks, played six games. I thought I'd... You know, I was kind of catching my stride a bit. Um, I think I played two games up in Belleville and then kind of just optional skating practice the one day. And uh, it was like a battle drill and had a grade one MCL on my right knee. So The other one. The other knee, yeah. yeah. So did did damage to both my knees. Um, it's been frustrating that way. But, you know, a staff in Belleville was great with, you know, helping me and letting me take my time to get to where I needed to get back to play. And, you know, now I'm happy to be here in Atlanta and just develop. You should probably stay away from Las Vegas or, or like anything like that because you, you've had horrible luck here yeah. blocking uh, blocking a dump in and then getting hit or getting nailed in an optional skate as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. You can't really make it up either. It's it's unfortunate, but it's part of the game, and I think it's just uh, it's a it's a test right now to see how, how how much I can stick with it. So you're kind of a product of the true development of the three tier system: NHL, AHL. Uh, and ECHL, whereas, you know, you've been up at the AHL, you were with Belleville, and then because of the injuries, you need some rehab time, and you've been able to get a lot of that time here in the coast, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's that's kind of like the system working as it should. Yep. Have you been able to, like, work on other parts of your game down here in the ECHL, or have you mostly been focusing on kind of getting back to full health? Um, I think at the start, I was definitely just trying to kind of get my conditioning up a lot. That was a big thing when I first got sent down. I mean, here you do play a lot more minutes, right? Less less forwards up front. Um, so that was a big thing was conditioning. And now I think I'm really trying to just work on my two-way game and try and get it to a point where, you know, if I do get a call up to Belleville at some point or even for next year, I'll just be ready for whenever I'm 
I have the call up or whenever that next opportunity comes that I'm ready for that. Mm-hmm. And you still haven't really fully established yet your game at the AHL level. You played seven games last year, what, five this year, I want to say. Yeah. So that's just 12 AHL games. How much do you feel like you benefited from that, that quick glimpse of the AHL? Did you get a real feel of what that level's like? I think, yeah. At the start of the year, again, I was kind of feeling it out and trying to figure out where I fit in a little bit. Um, and then after my first injury and when I was up, I think that's when I really noticed I was starting to be more confident up there and start to make more plays. Uh, again, injuries are unfortunate. I got hurt again. But I think that those two games I played after I was hurt, I was – I was confident and really learned that I can play in that league. So I think it's just trying to stay with it as long as I can. A couple other guys are down here with the Gladiators that uh, have been at some point up with uh, the B-Sends up north. You got Hugo Waugh down here, Cameron Kiley as well. You play with Cam a lot out there. You guys have some pretty good chemistry then? Yeah, I think we do. I think it kind of shows down here. We make a lot of small plays and we kind of have a good read for the game. You know, we read it the same way, so I think me and him have really good chemistry, yeah. What are the, the parts of your game that you think you need to improve to kind of get your feet firmly in the AHL and establish yourself as that next-level player? I think one thing I've learned this year for sure is speed. I mean, it's been tough, too, when you hurt both your knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for sure, I think speed, just not even so much just like straight-line speed, just pace of play and you know, always, always thinking ahead and just, it's it's a lot faster up there. I think that's the biggest difference for me. So you say the speed is is the biggest difference. I've heard guys say that it's a lot of the little things that are the biggest difference. Where guys are always making these little plays and, and everything is right. There aren't any mistakes with those those yeah. little things as well. Would you agree to that? Hundred percent, I agree with that. There's not as many turnovers. I think it's a little bit simpler in a way. There's not, you know, guys manage the puck a little bit better. But I say faster and just that like there's no there's no time to slow down. It's always go go go. So. Uh, that's the biggest difference for, for mm-hmm. me. Uh, sometimes I see you in the, the little weight room we have here, connected yeah. to the uh, connected to the, the dressing room. Does Belleville give you guys workouts to do while you're down here? Yeah, they've been awesome that way. Uh, the strength coach he uh, he plans according to our schedule, um, off days, travel days, that kind of stuff. So he's been uh, Mitchie Freeburn's been awesome for that, uh, giving the boys workouts. Are those is that more rehab like specific for you, or are those just in general? Those are just like general fitness for yeah. us um, based on schedule. But I do have a lot of rehab exercises I'm doing for my knees. When you were up with Belleville, who were some of the guys that jumped out to you on the ice? Uh, there's a lot. Um, I think It's a pretty good prospect pool yeah, up there. There's a lot of talent, a mm-hmm. lot of hardworking people. Um, for me, I'd say... Uh, I'd say a guy like Mark Kasalik. He's He's my age, or a year older than me, but his work ethic on the ice and off the ice is just, you know, he's doing every little detail right. Um, he's just one of those guys that... I mean, he did. He's played a bunch of games in the NHL this year too, and it's just one of those guys that you, like you don't, you can't ask how he's doing because you see him every day. He's just working so hard and um, doing all the little things just to make sure his body's ready and prepare. And just, I think he's going to be a really good NHL player one day. What about the Lucini guy up there? He's been kind of leading the way scoring wise for a little bit. What, what's he like? Yeah, Luch is a really good guy. Um, I mean, is that Jake? Yeah, Jake. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, great guy. I mean goes out of his way for the younger guys to talk to them and stuff. And, you know, I see a, kind of a lot of similarities in my game to his. Just, you know, not the biggest guys, but, you know, can can think the game really well, make plays, and, and put the puck in the net. Uh, I know Igor so- uh, Sokolov was a guy that some uh, some Belleville guys have mentioned as well. What what was he like up there? He's a funny guy. You yeah. know, he's a big character. He's big and he's loud. Um, kind of like Farmstrong, yeah? Yeah, yeah, big, big Igor. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, he's again a great guy off the ice too. Again, no no ego there or anything like that. And 
on the ice, you can really shoot the puck. You know, he was hurt a little bit there for a bit, so I was doing some skates with him, and um, his release is really, really good. Well, the B-Sens were in the national hockey news for a little bit there when Matt Murray came down. Were you there at the same time as Murray at all? Yeah, I was... Uh, I wasn't skating yet. I was injured, so I was just kind of around the training room for a bit. Mm -hmm. Were you able to kind of, like, see what he was up to and see the way, like, he went about his business there? Yeah, you see him in the gym and stuff, and I I would watch practice and things like that and just, you know, watch him. But uh, it's a little different for him to be a goalie in, in that sense. But, again, just a, a really good pro. I mean, takes yep. care of his body. He always eases in there before or after doing treatment it's obviously a situation he didn't want to be in but from all reports it seemed like he went about his business the right way yeah exactly yeah he was, he was great that way he was great to the staff the players I mean really nice guy yeah going back to uh 2018 you were drafted by the New Jersey Devils in the sixth round did you expect to hear your name on draft night I wasn't too sure I didn't go to the draft I mean I had an idea of where I might go if I was gonna go kind of thing so um it was definitely nice to hear my name for sure yeah what was the situation when you found out then uh, I got a call from my agent. I was watching uh, at home uh, with my family, and I got a call from my agent before it came up on the TV, and everyone kind of looked at me and was like, <laughs> they kind of knew. So um, it was like that, and then I was just around my family, and um, it was it was a really uh, memorable day. Yeah. So are, are you just kind of like sitting there watching the draft, and the phone is like on the on the counter basically, and it buzzes, and all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, like, there you go? Well, no, because I, there was a possibility that I wasn't going to go either. So I was just kind of watching it. See what was going to happen. It's a long day. I went in the sixth yeah. round, so it's not like it's an hour. Next, thing you know, you're drafted. Like you're just sitting there for a while. So um, you are uptight for sure. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> not not doing that. I guess was it was it relief then, or was it more jubilation when you when you found out? I think just excitement, to be honest. I okay, mean, it's, it's a dream, right? Yeah, to be drafted in the NHL and. That is more more excitement than relief, I guess. What were they saying about you? Uh, what was your your player profile w when you were getting drafted? Um, I, and we could go on Elite Prospects right now and and, and see what they they wrote about I you. But I think honestly, one of the scouts I talked to um, with one of the teams, um, he said, you know, because I was a lot smaller um, when it was my draft year. I wasn't I wasn't very heavy at all, and. He said, you know, we see a lot of similarities to Mitch Marner in the sense that you're lighter like he was when he was in the Ontario League. You know, he likes, makes a lot of plays, things like that. So I think I kind of started saying I was a less skilled version of Mitch Marner, <laughs> <laughs> like just in, in, in some some aspects. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. And then I think as I've progressed, and you know, it's something I want to work on is my speed to get like him. But I'd say a guy like Sorelli is someone that I would want to play like for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um well, speaking of Sorelli and uh, and bringing up Florida, I know you got to see your mom when uh, when we went down to, to Florida yeah. to play the uh, the Everblades. Who got you into hockey? Um, I, my dad and his brother they played for a lot um, growing up, and I think my mom too was an athlete as well. So I think just my parents putting me into it. My brother played as well, so I watched him all the time. I was like a rink rat, typical yeah. kind of stories. So <laughs> um, yeah. I got you. Uh, now, here in Atlanta, have you been able to, like, explore it all? I know you've kind of been here a limited amount of time, but have you been able to see, like, the city at all? I haven't been able to venture out too far yet. Um, you know, the apartment we're in is pretty nice. Uh, my girlfriend's coming down, I think, start of April, and I think we're probably going to go see the aquarium and do things like that. But okay. That's I haven't really been out too far yet. It's a little bit different than uh, than Belleville? Yeah, I know big, you haven't seen the city, but uh, just the surrounding area, it's probably a little bit different than uh, rural Ontario. Yeah, big time. I mean, weather and just 
city to city. Oh my sure. gosh, yeah. What was it like? It was perfect the last couple of days yeah, here. Yeah, it's been awesome. It's pretty there. pretty rough life in the South Division, huh? <laughs> no, we were in like Jacksonville last week, and right. So that's yeah. And you've been on you've been with the team for a couple of Florida trips. Yeah, so you're yeah. soaking up the sun and yeah. uh, down in, in Fort Myers, and then in Jacksonville, and then you just come back for springtime in, yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah, so. it's worked out well. Um, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we've got some some real. Uh, solid veterans on this Gladiators group, you know, of course, spearheaded by Derek Nesbitt, uh, you know, the most veteran guy in the league who, who's played over a thousand games. Um, you don't get as much of that with that Belleville group necessarily up in the AHL. What uh, what impact have these these veterans made on you so far? Yeah, I think um, they're great here. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Nezzy, Niels, and you go on like, Sly, um, even Pelly. He's he's hurt, but he's when he's around the room, he's he's a great voice just to listen to. Just little things. I think I don't think they're controlling by any means. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. They've been around long enough to know that you know guys kind of figure it on their own. But just little tips or little things to help. I think they could really go a long way for a guy like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've also got some young guys in here too. It's a really kind of feels like a healthy mix in that room of young guys who are contributing. Guys who were in the SP last year, you know, Topes and, and, and Gertz, who are, are factoring in. Then a guy like Billy, who I think might be the only one younger than you. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a year younger than me. Okay, so gotcha. Um, but it's, it's been fun to watch you guys, and the, and the Glads are hot right now. So we're excited to keep it moving. I did want to go back to the road trips, though, uh, before I cut you loose. You've been on a few road trips now here with the Glads. What are you up to on the road when you've got these you know, afternoons off? Are you a nap guy? Are you just kind of like hanging out in the hotel or on the days off? Oh, the days off or even the day of. Yeah, I know you got your routines. And yeah, all that. the day of, I'm a big nap guy. Okay. Like I'll go, I'll nap for two hours, eat a big meal like before, nap, wake up, go to the rink kind of thing. Um, off days, like you said, uh, my mom was in, uh, in Florida there, Jacksonville, my dad flew in. So my off days, I've actually been spending with my parents, which has been really nice. Um, so. I mean, it's not always going to be like that. There's going to be think, yeah. com- coming up. There's going to be things I'm going to have to figure out. I mean, I like to get like out. Like Rapid City. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get out and go for a walk maybe on my own or something like that. But yeah, it's been it's worked out well so far. Just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. What about the bus? Are you, are you like playing cards with the guys or anything? Or No, I mean, I'm a rookie, so I'm at the front of the bus. And, yeah. Um, just kind of sit on my phone, listen to music, that kind of stuff. See what's, go- <laughs> See what's going on at the front of the bus and... Maybe talk to my boy Mikey. Are, are you a, are you a ping pong guy at all? I know we got a uh, Gabe Gertler pulling out the ping pong table here. I do play. Um, I haven't seen any of the boys here play yet, um, so I don't want to say I'm good until I see them play. I've seen the scoreboard here. I've seen Topes near the top. I'm pretty sure Gertz is near the bottom. So, <laughs> <That> does, <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, oh, now he's saying he's in. He's that in doesn't second. surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now he's claiming top three. Um, but uh, so we got this Rapid City trip coming up, and we're going to air this while uh, during intermissions of some of these Rapid City games. Are you going to go see like Mount Rushmore or anything? I know you're Canadian, so yeah, going to see American presidents maybe not the coolest thing. But <laughs> I mean, if it works out, why not? I mean, if we have the time and stuff, I'd go for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not one to you know just marinate in the hotel all day. You know what I, mean? <laughs> yeah. I like to get out and do things. So. Yeah, I get out and see the see the Black Hills, beautiful South Dakota. But um, no, Mitchell, this has been great. Thanks for doing this, man. And uh, and good luck this season. And uh, we're excited to see you here with the Glads and, and hopefully making your way on up too. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Big thanks to Mitchell for coming on. He has been outstanding. 18 points in 14 games so far this season with Atlanta. He has recorded a point in every game but one that he's been with the Gladiators. And he's a lot of fun to watch. 
with the puck. Three games coming up against the Rapid City Rush here this weekend, Friday and Saturday at 9.05, and then Sunday at 6.05. The Gladiators will be tested out west against a very strong team from the Mountain Division. As always, you can watch those games on flowhockey.tv. And another reminder, we like to remind fans that there is a Gladiators-friendly broadcast even when Atlanta is on the road. So you can listen to the home broadcast when they're in Rapid City, or you can listen to me, yours truly, on the away broadcast where you might find uh, some more uh, Gladiators-centered commentary. So the Glads have three games here against the Rush coming up. Uh, you can also listen to those games on Mixler.com. That's an audio-only stream. Uh, we have a nice uh, Mixler community that tunes in for every game. We love when they listen in, and we enjoy interacting with them in the chat as well. If you're looking for tickets to Atlanta's next game coming up on the 3rd against Greenville or any of the ones after that, you can call the front office at 770-497-5100. That front office staff is going to help waive a lot of those online fees. If you go to a third-party broker, you might be paying way too much for tickets. We've heard a lot of really sad stories about people paying $50, $60, $70 for Gladiators tickets, and you just don't need to do that. You can get a ticket for 25 bucks when you call that number, 770-497-5100. Gladiators and the Rush will go at it three games here this weekend. We hope that you tune in on the Gladiators Broadcast Network, and we will see you next week here on another edition of the Atlantic Gladiators Podcast. Yeah.